What's up and welcome back to Brosod Broadcast. My name's Derek. And my name is Blake. Today we are bringing you our top 10 songs of 2023, part one. This will be our top 10 songs. Well, actually we're going to do 10 through 6 on this episode. And then, and then on the next episode, we're going to go 6, 5 down to 1. I think I got my numbers right on that. You started not to, but you've you fixed okay, it. Okay, I fixed it. There we go. But <laughs> we uh, typically do this just because we like to give each song its own time to talk about because we like to go in depth on these songs and mm. we're not just like, oh yeah, this song sounded good. It had that one part that I liked and I like the melody and the sing song part. Yeah, there's a little bit more. Next song. Yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> there's a little bit more of an attachment to the song. You know, it kind of fits a criteria of how, how much we've listened to it throughout the year. A lot of the songs that I have are on my Spotify wrapped, you know, so we're, there's a history throughout the year with these songs and a lot that we have to share about them. So we also like to split the episodes apart so that you have time to go ahead and listen to the songs and uh, hopefully check out some of our recommendations. And at the same time, while we are trying to give these songs the attention they deserve, don't get mad at us if maybe we leave out a detail of if any of these songs are your favorite songs Mm -hmm. of the year. We're just trying to go through this being somewhat brief, but at the same time, say the things that we like. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to tell you like all the technical parts of a song or break down the, (laughs) uh, the guitar tone and the amp that they've used. That's not... It's, at some point, I could do that, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not going to be able to. I'm just going to basically tell you why I like it, why I'm pretty much recommending it to you, and why I have listened to it for the majority of the year. Without further ado, let's not make them wait too much longer, but what was your number 10 song of 2023, Blake? All right, starting off the year, 2023, my number 10 pick is Like Moss to Flames, Predestination Paradox. So Dark Divine is definitely my favorite, like Moss of Flames album, and this song is the closest I've heard since. I feel like they intentionally went back to this kind of sound, and I know that with the two songs on this like mini EP that they came out with uh, this year, that they were trying to showcase everything that like Moss of Flames has to offer. I agree, and. I was really surprised by uh, Chris's vocal performance on this. He threw in some highs that he doesn't always throw in there. So vocally speaking, (laughs) his performance on this song was great. He went all over the place with this one. I mean, there's this one part in the song where it kind of just sounds like you scared a cat. If you know what I'm talking about. It's it's a guitar part with maybe him doing some sort of screech. But it's uh, his range is all over the place. And I know that's something that we've talked about when we first both listened to the song. But watching the visual for the song on YouTube, I also noticed that 
there was this like layer of tar being kind of draped over this white figure going into black, which was the black figure on the album cover from Dark Divine. So that's kind of making me wonder if that's a direction that they're going with in the future with the new material that's going to be coming out. I kind of wonder that also. And I'm also curious because of the visual looking the way it does. Mm -hmm. I know that Chris has worked in Blender before, I think. And he was the one that created their artwork for No Eternity and Gold. So it looks like maybe he uh, created the music video visual for this. Or if he had some sort of part in the artistic direction because there's definitely yeah he, he definitely even, even did direction. that 3d that 3d art that he did um which mm-hmm. i think kind of looks a little strange but in retrospect it'll it just makes sense it fits the album if we're, ta- if we're talking about eternity and gold but besides the song kind of talking about what like moss of flames is going to be sounding like in the future i just recently saw that zach can you pronounce his last name for me? Uh, I think it's Pishney. Pishney, uh, the guitarist. Uh, yeah, for like Moss of Flames, he he was uh, showing off a guitar playthrough books of Senses Fail and Fit for an Autopsy, which I thought was a very interesting blend because you have, I guess, essentially deathcore and some early two thousands pop emo screamo hardcore. Yeah, you yeah, know, two two completely uh, different sides of the spectrum. Right, but I love that, and uh, and to think that he's practicing and learning these uh, guitar styles from these books, and it, it's pretty exciting to see what or to hear what they're going to be coming out with. But more about the song, and you know, I always like to ask your opinion on the song, and maybe like mm-hmm. give my final opinion on it. How did you feel about the song? When it comes to the guitar riff, the main guitar riff throughout the song, I wasn't the biggest fan of it just Mm -hmm. because I feel like maybe it's something I've heard of before. But overall, I enjoy the song. I was actually really surprised. And one of the lines in the song that I personally liked was, do we cling to the past because we know how it ends? And just the line itself, Chris's vocal delivery of that, because he's doing like the higher scream. Right. I thought that was just like chef's kiss. Yeah. And it was nice to hear something like, it sounds like this could be on No Eternity and Gold, like part two, basically. I absolutely agree. And I know we both liked the, a lot of the lyrics on that album. And I'm glad that you brought up lyrics because Passengers of Time is also something he repeats in mm. the song. And it, uh, it, it brings that, it brings up this, uh, this idea of death and, and mortality. And from what I can remember, yeah. I'm pretty sure that the song is about the death of his dog or him thinking about when his dog will pass away, which brings okay. me to, which brings this idea that a lot of bands now, uh, and this started, I believe with counterparts where, uh, Brendan, the lead vocalist of Counterparts. Yeah. Brennan Murphy. Brennan Murphy, thank you. The Twitter god of Metalcore, whatever. Anyway, his cat, Kuomo, died. And like there's people at shows chanting his cat's name at his shows. And he's like, that's, stop. <laughs> that's stop funny. it. I'm going to cry. 
why don't do this i'm gonna yeah. cry don't do it but the fans are essentially just i guess uh celebrating the life of his cat which is you know in new orleans what we do right. is we don't have we don't mourn death we celebrate life and that that's how right. i see it so but there's i think there's this like current theme that a lot of people in metalcore or vocalists in metalcore are writing about their pets dying which i think is great that's a relationship as well we could talk about ex-girlfriends and whatever or ex-boyfriends but <laughs> We all love our cats and dogs. I know you've got 20 of them. Right. And like eventually you run out of material when it comes to like relationship stuff, especially Mm -hmm. everyone knows Chris has been in like a long-term relationship. But as far as like the esoteric lyrics in this song, it's very much on brand for Chris Roder to write this because it's what he's written about throughout his entire music career. Mm -hmm. So Lyrically, it's on brand of what you would expect, but he still finds a way to word things in a way that comes across as fresh. And like you mentioned the line, the passengers of time. So it's not exactly like religious, but it does offer something new. Right. He's not running out of material or not using the same material. He's still living life and writing the way he writes. And I can appreciate that. That was a nice number 10 to start off with. Yeah, you would think that it would be maybe higher in my rank uh, because I really love like Moss of Flames, but I I just feel like it uh, deserved the 10 spot. And speaking of 10 spots, I think it's your turn. All right, so my number 10 song for 2023 was the song One More Time by Blink-182. Do I have to die to hear you miss me? So it's actually kind of funny that this is like my number 10 song for 2023 because you you are more of the Blink fan than I am. Absolutely. But I know that you really liked uh, the album California. I know you, you were really into the song Bored to Death. Yeah. So Blink coming out with a new album, a couple new songs. Tom is back in the band. I'm really curious to see why... Or how this ended up in your top 10 for the year. As the most surface level fan of Blink-182, I'm happy that Tom's back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the song really speaks for itself. It just highlights the unpredictability of life and just the importance of not assuming that we'll always have another chance to reconnect with friends. Yeah, that's obviously something I had in my notes as well. And it's pretty straightforward lyrically talking about that you know there's no yeah they're, they're very like they were blatant as possible with it and thankfully they approached this album writing it as a blink 182 album maybe not this song specifically because mm-hmm. like this is an acoustic song so like when yeah. you think of blink you don't think of this style of song but it's nice that they released this as one of their singles because it said things that needed to be said said things that I think the fans needed to hear also. It's one of those strong songs that they always tend to come out with. And it's Mm -hmm. very, like we said, with like Moss the Flames, it's song, it's on brand. 
because we have Adam's song, Stay Together for the Kids, and I Miss You. So those yeah. are very softer tone Blink songs that show their diversity and and attitude or writing style. It's that different side. And now they're around 40, closer to 50 years old. This is just their the topic that they're going to land on. And it's funny, they say, I miss you in the song, obviously <laughs> referencing back. And I, just like you said, I think this is right on par with I miss you. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, five, 10 years from now, people will still look back at the song by Blink and, you know, it'll really mean a lot to them. You know, we'll talk about the album later on, perhaps in another episode, but Blink can take themselves very seriously and then they can also be very... I fuck a dog, you know, in the yeah. same in the same album. But, you know, they could make fun of themselves. They had a chance to make fun of themselves and they didn't. And they really came in strong. And I think this was an appropriate song to come out with to just let everybody know that they're truly back. And I think it's kind of funny we're just talking about passengers of time. Uh, mm-hmm. because there's a deep reflection in the song on the passage of time, like in the lyrics older but nothing's any different so it's just one of those things like many of us can relate to the experience of arguing with a friend and growing Mm -hmm. distant and then realizing you know once the friendship rekindles it's like the best parts never changed i was thinking about like the love they actually have for each other because yeah the, the lyrics are so deep that it it's you feel like these dudes actually have like a level of love for each other because you can't write that kind of thing looking at someone else telling them those things without having the heaviest heart for them. So they feel it and they let the audience feel it just as much. The song literally says, I got to say, I love you while we're here. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. It really underlines the importance of just appreciating those we care about while we still have the chance. They even in the video, they kind of uh, give the audience a nostalgic, tear jerking kind of moment where uh, every backdrop is from all the past videos that they've had. Or, you know, I had the Blink 182 DVDs when I was in high school and they show clips from that. And it was just, it was full sin nostalgic. And I, absolutely teared up when i watched it the first time it and it just it, it was it was great to see and it was a great time to be alive still is and i don't think you really get the appreciation for like them really being blink 182 the way that fans want them to be mm-hmm. because i saw them in 2016 like right after california came out yeah. they were playing with the day to remember all american rejects like i really like the show but even as a basic Blink fan, I would have loved to see Tom play with them. Right. Which, hey, I would even consider you lucky to see Blink without Tom because yeah. I haven't. You've seen Slipknot so far and Yeah, that's Blink. crazy. Your bucket list is like knocked out and mine is... I, uh, I've honestly seen most <laughs> bands that I would ever care to see. The one that I'll never get to see that I want to see is Linkin Park, which at this point I don't well, want to because Chester, right. so... Yeah, he's not he's not gonna make a Tom DeLong comeback, so unless well, it's okay. speaking of mortality anyways. The, this song does, you know, capture the realization that as we get older, the awareness of our mortality grows and 
like you brought up their age, you don't re- really get that realization without getting to that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just makes us appreciate, you know, those relationships even more. And uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up before we went on to the next song is that mm. there was an, a YouTuber, his name is Alex Melton. He did a cover of uh, this song, and the title is If Old Blink-182 Wrote One More Time, and I thought he nailed it. Uh, send me that link as soon as we're off of here. I'd love to see okay. it. Right I on. think you will really enjoy it. The only thing I'll say is, I'm glad that they wrote the song this way, but I still would like to see them write it the way that he did. So like old blink, would it be like one more time, like one more fart poopy joke? No, it's like power chords, uh, Travis Barker drums, stuff like that. Got it. Like enema of the state. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. That's rad. Yeah. So check that out. I, I think you'll really like it. Right on. That's enough about my uh, number 10 song. What's your number nine song for 2023? All right. So coming in hot with my number nine pick is from a band called For All I Am. And the song is called Reset. So I'm wondering how many people listening to the show has heard of this band or has ever come across them or maybe vaguely remembers anything. Have you heard of this band? I've never heard of them before. I sent a song to you from from them last year or maybe two years ago, and you said it wasn't bad. Now, that song isn't on their Spotify anymore, and I'm going to tag for all I am and I'm going to get an answer from them because if you listen to last episode, you know that I require answers. <laughs> we want answers. We want answers. So what I, when I researched For All I Am coming back with this song called Reset, it seems like they are doing a reset and coming back from maybe a, a hiatus. I will say I really like their artwork for this. It's like... yeah. A girl with flowers and everything, and there's just like a cool effect where the colors come up, says for all I am at the top, and then reset. It's it's eye-catching to me. It's more, it's better than like something dark mm-hmm. that would have like, I probably would have passed up. For sure. And they kind of keep that consistency with their artworks. So I'm pretty sure they might be intentionally keeping up with the consistency in artwork. And I think that they might be going with the same person who does their artwork right i was looking at uh their single toxin and then also their single from 2020 mm-hmm. and like it's all just very unique artwork like it's not kinda, just kind of acid trippy a little bit maybe yeah yeah exactly thank you for all you acid heads <laughs> acid heads that's a first yeah i've never done acid i don't know what to call it <laughs> But uh, what I've always appreciated about For All I Am is, like I said, the quality of a single. It's like whenever they release a song, it's a for sure hit for me. I get excited every time. Here I am, excited once again. I know it's going to be a banger. 
I really, I know there's going to be some rough vocals that I really mm-hmm. love. And the, the rough vocals are just like a throaty type guttural scream that I really, really enjoy. And one of the reasons I enjoy it is because, you know, you like to sing along to songs and sometimes you try to scream or maybe yeah. people, maybe people actually know how to scream. This is the one kind of scream that I feel like I can actually land if I really try. But I will say, so like the style of like the clean vocals, the screaming, even the guitar riffs, you can tell this band has been around for like mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. Specifically like the 2011, you know, when the first EP came out and everything just from like the style, because I don't think new bands coming out now really have that. Like this gives me some of those like OG metalcore vibes. Right. It's really good to hear that this kind of sound still holds up. And to me, it's refreshing mm-hmm. to hear something that's still kind of old but new. And I think they just do it very well. So what I'm getting from this hiatus and inconsistency and coming through with singles continuously or actually having an album is the lyrics deliver some sort of introspective touch on addiction, perhaps. Mm-hmm. where he says fade away from the spotlight of my mind i think it's time to find a better life could sa- could sound like some sort of relationship thing you know maybe not an animal or pet that you're attached to but more so definitely hangs on the drug or alcoholism aspect right because it also says i walk alone like repeatedly mm-hmm. throughout the song. right glad you paid attention to that one so as a person who has uh, chosen sobriety this year for myself I think that's why I picked it out a, a little bit and it's uh something that's you know speaking for anyone who's had issues with addiction or has gone through any kind of issues like that you know we're free and open to talk about that on podcasts and comments and if you feel like you heard the song and felt something about that you know leave comments on, on our uh on our social media, but I think that it's uh, important topics to touch on. And the music hit me first when I listened to the song and then I started listening to the lyrics, they started coming in. And that's when I got the personal attachment to the song that, and I really started appreciating it For because sure. this song kind of, it kind of came in later in the year and I wasn't going to give it, I wasn't going to let it be on the top 10, but because it, uh, it struck as a song that I could listen to over and over again, uh, I put it as my top nine. Right. And before we move on, I do just want to mention that's something that we took in consideration for our top 10 was, I'm not sure how long your list was for like, I guess your yearly playlist, but mm-hmm. I had 30 songs on my favorites of the year, which is a lot more than years previously. But the deciding factors of like what went for my top 10 songs was, how likely I am to like listen to it in ongoing years. And Mm -hmm. just like you said, like how much I connect with the song. Right. If I can, if I can listen to a song back to back, I mean, I, the first time I heard the song, I definitely listened to it. No exaggeration five times. So it automatically pushed another song out of the way or out of my top 10 because I know I'm going to continue to reconnect with the song based on the fact that I've reconnected and listened to a lot of their singles from years ago. Yeah. 
and also wanted to give them a shout out. So they're going to get tagged and, um, and they'll know that I've been listening to them for at least eight years now. So definitely a good pick. Right on. So uh, let's go to your number nine. And I'm very interested to talk about this one. So speaking of uh, lack of sobriety, <laughs> my number... So- <laughs> I know. I like, I like how we're transitioning into this. Yeah. <laughs> my number nine song was Dial Drunk by Noah Cahan. Cahan? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one featuring Post Malone. So here you go. I'm proud of all the punches that I've So yeah, just for reference, <laughs> as always, Blake doesn't know what my top 10 will be. I don't know what his will be. We just look at each other's list before we hop on. So we have some sort of idea, but yeah, that that was not planned. Right. Not planned at all, but it's so fitting. But what's not fitting is the type of music that this is. Yeah. So this actually kind of shares a vibe with last year's uh, folk song, where we're going by James and the Shame that was in my top 10 last year. Absolutely. And and I just want to say before you get started, I I can't believe you didn't share the song with me. Honestly, it just didn't come to mind. It, okay, well next time I don't know why. Next time you come across something like this, let it come to mind because I would have appreciated the song if you would have shared it with me. I'll make sure to do that and I just want the bad friend move. I just want to make a point real quick. So, like, yes, we talk a lot about alternative music, metalcore, deathcore, I don't know, grindcore sometimes. Not really, but... Not really. Not at all. (laughs) I think it's called Scram now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just want to make the point that we are not just a metalcore podcast. Like, you listen to stuff outside of metal. I listen Mm -hmm. to stuff outside of metal. That just tends to be our focus. We always want to make sure it's apparent that we are a good music podcast. So as far as this song goes, it was on the deluxe version of the album Stick Season. And I'm not familiar with what uh, Noah's success was before the song, but I thought that this was like a great, obviously it was a great idea to release this. Oh, definitely. I mean, he has like a few features on here. He has a feature with... Casey Musgraves, who I absolutely love. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about Casey Musgraves, but this is just in line with a lot of folk indie rock music that I do listen to on the side, like Mount Joy, James and the Shame, um, Casey Musgraves, stuff like that. So, I mean... Did you ever like Kozier? No, because I don't like the name. So then I never... I hate <laughs> okay. to, you're not, I don't. So I'm me just, and you are the same. Okay, right on. So he uh, just released another featured song. Uh, the song name is Northern Attitude, and Hozier is a feature on that. Which I'm pretty sure it's a good song that I haven't checked out. But now that I know about Noah and the music that he's putting out from you, I probably will be checking this out. I say honestly, just throw on the album. It mm-hmm. is like a really good album. One night I was just like, meal prepping and threw Mm. the album on song number one and didn't feel the need to ever turn it off so for everyone listening for you check out the full album 
Yeah, because I immediately added it to my folk playlist that I do have right next to my death metal yeah. playlist. <laughs> so there is a version without Post Malone, and then there is a version with Post Malone. I'm going to specifically speak about uh, the Post Malone featured song. And I think Post Malone, like, I know I've talked about him before in the past on the show, but I think the best stuff that he does is just on everything except for like rap music. Absolutely. He came in seamlessly with this feature. It's almost like you don't know it's Post Malone. Yeah. It's so in the same tone. The Post post Matone. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) So in the original song, the lyrics are, I'm untethering from the parts of me you'd recognize from Charmin to Alarmin in seconds. And Post Malone took that a little bit and... His lines are, turn another slow dance into a mosh pit. I love that. It's like saying the same thing, but like in a different way. Right. Also just the way that like he vividly describes the experience of being drunk and getting arrested. Yeah. Just makes it a visual story. It's a complete visual with the uh, the lyrics, especially if you're reading them while listening to the song. Yeah. It, it gives you a full visual of what's, what's happening. And... I kind of know what's happening, but then I still kind of don't know what's happening because I don't know who he's talking to. So the chorus in this is obviously catchy. Like that's what most people will, you know, sing along to if this comes on in like a bar or something, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But the real storytelling happens in the verses and which just gives like for this song kind of blowing up. This song has a lot more depth than most songs that blow up because this is like folk pop. So, like, it's still going to be mainstream. Yeah, and I mean, that's why the, I guess, it's it's not, like, as on the nose as the Blink-182 lyrics. It's a little more, like you said, deep. Yeah. So, you kind of have to figure it out. But, because he kind of says, like, be my emergency call when I'm getting arrested essentially from drunk driving which we do not yeah. condone we do not condone spoiler alert emergency contact is later that's why i said it <laughs> i know you did <laughs> there's a lot more to uh, dial drunk that i know that we missed and everything but it's a fun folk indie pop kind of song you heard the little clip of it so go check it out it's definitely a song that i'm going to go back to So, with that said, what was your number eight song for 2023, Blake? My number eight pick for this year was Drag Me Down by Loveless. Drag me down with you. So this isn't the first time Loveless has ended up on my top 10. But thankfully, this time I'm more aware of who Julian is. Yes, absolutely. And tell me why you're familiar with him. Well, because of you recommending uh, Lighthouse, which I ended up falling in love with that song. I still listen to that song now. And then he did a cover of, which 
I hate saying this because he has plenty of original music. Yeah. But he did a really good cover of uh, Running Up That it's Hill. It's so good. It's it, Yeah. His vocal performances on every song he does is just unmatched on some level. And his melodies and the power behind his voice is so strong. And this is just one of those songs, just like Lighthouse, that just grabbed me and pulled me right in. I could not deny this song and how good it is. So I will admit I saw just like a glimpse of your notes whenever you, uh, whenever I was opening my notes up. And mm-hmm. you had some pretty interesting things to say about this one. Are you talking about uh, how I said it kind of sounds a little Disney? Yeah, which I get that. Okay. It could almost remind me of like a Disney prince singing this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see, I kind of want you to elaborate on that because that's why I just put Disney. I heard Disney and I and I thought, I think Derek can help me out with this note. It's mostly just that like... It's a very positive sounding song. It's a feel good song. The lyrics are very kind of hateful sounding. Don't drag me down with you. Yeah. But then the song but it's like in a very like feel good way. It's a feel good, playful type of song. So and I, I also got like something hit me where it, it reminded me of like an 80s style melody where like, I don't know, Madonna, Whitney Houston would sing something like the delivery on the song just brings out so many things that I think I've heard before, but just modern and the Loveless way. So I will say, you know, even though I've been aware of Loveless and everything, you're more of the one that keeps up with them. Mm-hmm. So the same, you asked me why I didn't show Dial Drunk to you. I want to know why you didn't show this to me. Hey, good point. <laughs> And whatever excuse you gave me, that's going to be the same one. (laughs) I want like our listeners to know that we actually use the show to like talk about music and stuff. Like we kind of saved these conversations just for this. Yeah. So the reason why I didn't show you is because I know that I think I found the song maybe two months ago and I knew we were going to do the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that we were going to do this episode. I wanted your fresh opinion on the song opposed to my having listened to the song uh, for okay, two or so three like, months. The fresh yeah, opinion. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. that. yeah. So I did have a reasoning why I didn't share it with you because it was like, oh, Derek's going to hear the song. I want to hear his initial reaction. That's fair. So it was a little planned out for sure. Blake was being maniacal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like a like a Disney villain. Yeah. And then Julian wrote a song about it. But this is the first time that in three years of us doing top 10 songs that I've had pretty much all, no spoilers, but all metalcore music basically and just one music with all singing because there was Mm -hmm. one year I had no screaming in any of the songs. Yeah, that was uh, 2021, I believe. Yeah, that was the first year. And last year, like, it was very metal and angry. Yeah. And this year, it's it's, uh, back to what I would expect. Okay, good, good. And a little in between, kind of like both mixed in together. So for those who have listened to both last year's episodes, if you haven't, go back. There's some good playlists in there. But I definitely recommend that song to everyone listening to this It'll bring you up and bring you down, maybe. 
or hopefully it won't <laughs> drag you down. It will keep you right in the middle. Right in the middle. Uh, that was good. That was real good. All right. <laughs> Moving. Because <laughs> I think he did a song in the middle. Oh, did he? Yeah, that, that's the joke. He, they covered in the middle. I did not know that. So that was a... I thought you were doing the joke. No. Okay. Yep. There we go. Man, we're killing it. We don't even know it. So next up is my number eight song, I the Devourer by it's a collaboration by Sinestia, I think it's pronounced and disembodied tyrant. So similar to my approach with human scum last year, you'll find that I have some uh, comparative songs to last year. First was, you know, Dial Drunk with Where We're Going, and then there's this song compared to human scum from last year. But I typically have a disinterest in deathcore lyrics because my primary interest lies in the instrumental side uh, because that's where my ADHD brain goes. Uh, so for me, like a song like this is just about the musical experience. And there's a lot of music going on in this song. Yeah. And and I agree with you about not paying attention to the lyrics too much. I mean, you can, but mm-hmm. it's it's the talent behind the musicianship that really shines through on this song. And I'm not trying to say like the vocals are bad or anything like that. Just for me, when it comes to deathcore the vocals are just as much of an instrument as anything else, really. Right. Like, it the, sounds good. Yeah, the vocals fit right in. There, It doesn't take away from the song, or and, and it definitely adds to the song, but there's a lot musically going on here. And if, you like, and if you're a fan of Lorna Shore, this is something you definitely want to check out. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is for fans of Lorna Shore because it's symphonic, it's orchestral. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it if you like them. And I really like that the mix of the song allows each element to shine distinctly. Absolutely. You hear you hear everything and nothing's really drowned out. I found this track on my release radar and just exploring it at the right moment. Because you know how listening to stuff on there can be. You may not be in the mood for it. This came at the right time. I was in my car... Brandy was doing some photography stuff. I was mm. in the mood to listen to new music. This came on and I was blown away right away. I I literally remember sharing it in our Discord. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Absolutely. I think you and I were both on a Lorna Shore kick, uh, mm-hmm. Pain Remains. We were both listening. Yeah. You were listening to the instrumental version. I was just getting into the original version. And we were right. kind of stuck on that. So when your ears are already tuned to that kind of aggressive sound, you kind of you, it's it's a it's a dopamine hit. You kind of want a little bit more. And just I think there's a common issue with deathcore that a lot of them like to throw in an early breakdown 
to make sure that that they are pleasing like a deathcore fan. Oh man, this one comes way later. Yeah, it comes at the yeah. end of the song. Whereas instead of a breakdown at like two minutes in, this one comes in with like a violin and I think it may be a lute. I'm not really familiar oh, with oh, like a lute. Yeah, not not a flute. No, it's like a stringed instrument, like a okay. fantasy style stringed instrument. Oh man, I really want to know what this looks like. I've never heard of a lute. It's like L U T. No, like a L U T E. Yeah. How can you have a flute and as an instrument and then have lute? Okay, I apologize to our audio listeners because we are not yet on um, a video platform. Yeah, but I gave my disclaimer already about not knowing musical instruments and stuff. So I'm going to show Blake a picture of what this looks like. All right, here's my what a lute looks my like. audible reaction to a lute. I'm I'm imagining brown. Okay. I think I would have called that maybe like um like if you've ever watched the video for Losing My Religion mm-hmm. by REM. Isn't that what they play? I'm not sure. But anyway, so instead of okay. a breakdown, you know, it's like this really calm part of the song and that's just nice because had they just done a breakdown, I probably wouldn't be talking about the song right now. But this song just really executes dynamics and the pacing from an impressive solo to a breakdown that avoids overdoing it in, I feel like, a culture that we're going through the breakdown wars right now where everyone Mm -hmm. is just trying to outdo each other with breakdowns, and this just doesn't do that. So the track overall just creates a really well-balanced musical journey. And I can appreciate adding organic instruments into this if you like deathcore if you like screamy chaotic stuff check this and out zelda yeah i got zelda vibes see that's where the loot part is i think for you all right now it's coming together there's got to be a loot in a zelda game this is zelda core zelda core <laughs> my only bone to pick with uh this band or this collaboration is that there's no word on when the rest of the EP is coming out because they released this alongside one other song. And this song came out June 20th of 2023. And then the other song came out in September, I believe. And there's like no word, nothing on their social media or anything of when the two other songs are coming out. So if you hear this, please DM us and tell us. We're expecting a lot of replies from... From these bands. What was your number seven of 2023? Yeah, moving on to number seven, we're going up or down? Down. To to Australia. Down under. You worked there. Down under, that's what it was. Yeah. Who who am I? Wow. We've talked to uh, Tom Kiley. You worked at Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Yeah, you know, for a long time. Anyways, it, that that wasn't the dream, but now I am living the dream along with this song called Surrender by Dream On Dreamer. Just to 
So as I always say, the hardcore, the metal, the metalcore, all that in Australia overseas is always heavier. But particularly for this release, it's a little more in the on the melancholic side. It just hits everything that I would expect Dream One Dreamer to do. How did you take the song? So instrumentally, I like the song all throughout. I think it was the singing vocals aren't my favorite, but okay. that's just a personal preference thing. Very talented guy, and I did like the screaming vocals. So right, you would probably like older Dream on Dreamer. I did love the artwork for this though. Like yeah, it's like lava. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but it's very it's clean. It's, it's appealing, still soft looking. Yeah. yeah, like if I were in a record shop and someone was like, pick out something you like just based on the artwork, I would pick this mm-hmm. up. And I agree with everything you've been saying about the artwork of the songs that I've picked so far, because that does play into how I feel about the song ultimately. And, you know, it just gives points to why I I still pick these songs as some of my top songs. A lot of people eat with their eyes. You listen to music Mm -hmm. with your eyes. That's right. People eat with their eyes first, you know. You know, because you always get to look down at your phone. Yeah. And either they have that loop video on Spotify mm-hmm. playing, which is cool, or they have the artwork that is just kind of, it makes you feel the song a little more. It, You know, colors really affect the way we feel, right? So the colors, you know, it's kind of like a flat pinkish purple red tone. Yeah. Black and white. Mixed in a little bit. And no harsh blacks on it either. No harsh blacks, right? Very soft. Yeah. Because the song is very soft, like the vocal parts. And I I just love a raspy singing voice. Anybody that's listened to older episodes probably heard me say that before. So whenever their lead singer, which they have two singers, one does rough vocals and does cleans as well as the main guy who does the cleans for basically the choruses really just belting out those courses, singing Surrender in the song. Couldn't really pick out specifically what the song was trying to say. I think that's maybe either I didn't pay attention enough or it's an Australian thing that I don't think Australians and Americans are vastly different, but yeah, when you're in different countries, different things can be translated differently. Right. So, like I'm reading the lyrics and... I feel like I can get some sort of idea. I don't really want to like say because mm-hmm. I I just don't have like enough time to like really think about it. But uh, the surrender is hard when it's everything you're not. Yeah. I guess I, what I get from that is like it's hard to surrender when you're not the type of person to surrender. Yes. Because like if you're the type of person that keeps on trying and trying and trying then to surrender something that doesn't align with i guess your values right and that that basically is what i've got what i got from it and then you have how the song sounds you know it's kind of soft and surrendering yeah if i may and uh you know you still feel something you know you even though you don't 100 percent connect with the lyrics they convey musically and melodically Right. Pretty much telling you how to feel. And this is one of those other songs that I listen to back to back. The clean vocals 
remind me a little bit of Outline in Color. Does that okay. seem on par? Maybe not exactly the vocals, but maybe the melody. The melody, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, the quality in their production, especially towards the end when there's this kind of slight breakdown or yeah. choppy little break part, just to add a little bit of harshness to the song. I mean, they give they give you a lot. All right. So next up is my number seven song of 2023. Emergency Contact by Pierce Savelle. So kind of like number eight, and one thing about me is that I almost always like a song mostly for its instrumental, and this song kind of falls in that category for me. Okay, so there's a really good instrumental, but there's also pretty good lyrical content here as well. I think we either spoke about this song earlier this year, or we spoke about Even When I'm Not With You. Okay. Either way, I think this one was mentioned I don't dislike the lyrics. They're just not exactly, I don't know. I'll get into it, but okay. the <laughs> instrumental is well-written, and I think that they really allow the vocals to shine, which Vic did a great job on this song. Probably the best job he did on the uh, on the whole album, saying that this is my favorite song on, on that album. Okay. See, yeah. I prefer like this lower paced version of Pierce the Vell much more than their like well known style of like being more upbeat and like faster. And it was actually a close call to maybe include even when I'm not with you instead of this song. Mm-hmm. But I put this song in my top ten because this fits better in a playlist. I can imp- I can appreciate that. I uh, I think the other song is the one we did mention last time. Now that okay. you. Uh, So I'm glad we're bringing this one into light. Right. And it was like right around the time of that album coming out that we kind of hit pause on the show. So we never Mm -hmm. really got to like go into that album. Yeah. But album wise, like, was it something that you listened to throughout the year or? Never went back to it. Kind of the same story with me. I just like listened to the singles, Uh, Mm -hmm. this being one. And then even when I'm not with you. Yeah. It's not that it was bad. It was just, I feel like it may have come at the wrong time of year. I think so. It has. It, it happened to be one of those albums that it was wrong time. Like I remember, I was watching the Garza podcast, and he asked Franz from Attila one of his regrets, and you know, you would expect uh, Franz from Attila to say uh, no regrets. Yeah, but the one thing that I could appreciate, but he said, I wish we would have released chaos at a different time. Mm -hmm. I think that's the album that is a, it's like a green album with some sort of symbol on it. Yeah. And, and I agree with that because I listened to the album, you know, sidebar, but there's a time where artists do release an album at a wrong, at the wrong time. Yeah where it could just not sound or come through right. Maybe we should do an episode about just that topic, the right album at the wrong time. 
pretty much. And all right. Uh, because there's definitely no inverse there's no wrong album at the right time so yeah (laughs) exactly and uh if this if uh if if that little note makes the uh episode then leave a comment let us know what albums you think were were made at the wrong time or if there somehow is like a wrong album that came at the right time yeah yeah i mean i guess that would be like albums that still hold up but then no, no, it'd be like, I just found this terrible album and it just came at yeah. the right time. Yeah. <laughs> it made me realize that maybe my life isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let us know. But historically speaking, similar to the last song, I don't really care for the lyrics in this song from top to bottom, at least. Okay. But I do appreciate the lyrics. Therapy is tiring, but so is hiding how you feel. Maybe I didn't listen to the lyrics as much as I thought I did. Okay. I was stuck on the sentiment of being someone's emergency contact. See, and see, that's where it was for me. Because mm-hmm. when I went to go look at the lyrics, I was like, well, this isn't really what the song that I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, maybe I'm dense, so... If you're listening and I'm not picking up on something, (laughs) please let me know in the comments. Let me know in Discord. Join our Discord community. We want to have you in there. You're not dense. I'm just going to be a good friend and tell you that you're not dense. (laughs) The lyrics therapy is tiring, but so is hiding how you feel. Don't really seem to have much connection to the rest of the song. Uh, Yeah. Like, how does that tie into emergency contact yeah like it's in the first verse i believe and like verses aren't very long so it gets to the chorus like pretty quickly after so you never like really think about it but for me i was like well you know i like those lyrics and then i kept reading the lyrics and i was like well how does that really tie into the rest of the story it might just be deeper than we know maybe I mean, they were in New Orleans when they recorded this this album, and you know, weird things go weird things go on in New Orleans. So maybe there was some sort of deeper connection with the spirit. I agree with the sentiment of therapy is tiring, but mm-hmm. so is hiding how you feel. But in regards to like emergency contact, I'm not really sure how that plays in. But yeah, honestly, like that that's really all I had to say about the song. I mean. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. I like the instrumental. I like Vic's performance. Lyrically, I don't really care. It's just, I don't know. It kind of like the Loveless song. The instrumental is like a feel-good kind of song. Well, it, it's ranked pretty high in that regard mm-hmm. on your on your list. And I couldn't agree with you more on the instrumental because this is the one song that is the closest to their album before this one called Misadventures, which is my favorite Pierceville album. And if I haven't recommended that album to you, I am doing it now. I've heard that for like so many years, probably since it came out. I've just, Mm -hmm. maybe I do need to go listen to it so I can like, I think so. See the appeal. Remind me tomorrow. (laughs) Text me about it. I'm sure I will. But the idea of emergency contact is a very romantic modern sentiment. Right. Because it's like, I want to be very serious with you. Yeah. Yeah. You're number one, like SOS. Yeah. It's you. 
So the lyrics should have translated better with that song title. And I definitely agree. Yeah, because there's other lyrics in the song that don't really make sense to it. Like, I kind of get the vibe of he's in a relationship. Maybe he wants more than what she wants, but she's not really giving that back to him. And all he wants is to be serious enough to where she is his emergency contact. Either written by someone else in the band or from an outside perspective because Vic Fuentes is happily married with a child. And and that's my issue because... Breaking hearts. Thinking back to uh, the Blink-182 album called Nine, there was a mm-hmm. lot of lyrics on that album. I know we're not talking about Blink-182, but... Just a lot that Mark Hoppus like was singing. That's like, dude, this clearly does not apply to you. Just really outside of your jurisdiction. Which I know the masses are like, don't care about that. We are getting into the weeds here, but uh, yeah. we just pay attention. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, <laughs> too much attention sometimes. Yeah, I was happy to see that that song uh, did hold up or Pierce Deville. You know, maybe a song representing that album. Uh, you're bringing that back from how we talked about that album at the beginning of the year. You're bringing it back. We're continuing that conversation. I appreciate it being on your top 10. And honestly, another reason I think it, I put it like in a pretty decent spot is just because I don't remember skipping this song. It's just a song that yeah. you know, it comes on and you're like, okay, this is good. There's nothing like you have to be in the mood for necessarily. So so I, I like it. It's just not like yeah. number one, obviously. Well, I mean, when you're talking about the um, disembodied tyrant song, you don't really <laughs> have to have the lyrics and the music is good. Yeah, And you tend to listen to instrumental music more than I do. And, but, you know, maybe that's just, you know, like I was saying about the song that we were talking about before, The Surrender. It just creates an an atmosphere or a vibe or just makes you feel something different. Puts you in a good place. Definitely. So I think that's why you ranked it there. All right. Well, I'll I'll stick with that. Let's get on to your number six, which will be your last song for this episode. That's right. And then we'll go on to yours. And my number six pick out of my top ten is Ghost of Me by Make Them Suffer. Get ready. All right, so speeding things up from the last two picks that we had, because this song sonically is in your face. This was the first song with their new vocalist, correct? Yes, this is the uh, the new female vocalist since Buka Nile had exited the band. And I'm going to say, for my personal taste, uh, it was the best thing for Make Them Suffer. Uh, and that was losing Bucanal, not because of anything else, but just for the sake of where I think the band's direction 
has gone since Doom Switch and this song. And also for the sake of, I think this new member is a better vocalist and contributes a lot more to the band. Where I stand with this band is, I'm going to say because like it's music, I'm not condoning mm-hmm. anyone's actions or anything like that. But I did like Booka's parts on, you know, how to survive a funeral and mm-hmm. also on Doom Switch. However, I would like to see them actually re-record those releases with this new vocalist. I don't feel oh, like man. enough time has gone by to where like anyone would really care. Right. And that's a and super interesting take. And, you know, I don't really see them going back and doing yeah. that. Which um, I understand, like you want to move forward, yeah, you, right? It would be so. You're saying you you like this new vocalist as well, and you would like to hear what it would sound like. If anything, I think it's actually less jarring than maybe Booker's parts were, right? Because her parts were maybe a little too angelic at times, and I think this yeah. is a little bit more of a smooth transition. I remember talking in the past in a couple episodes how it if she would just take the melody somewhere else Mm -hmm. that it would work for me. And the first song that I heard from make them suffer fake was amazing. And that was, I I haven't really had a song from them that I liked as much as that song until ghost of me. Right. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of the contribution is from this new vocalist. So I think her synth parts are her synth parts and melodies are, are just way better. I think it, she's a better contribution to the band. This song is just very hard-hitting, and when the bridge comes in and the clean vocals come in with the bridge, I think it is just perfect. I think it sounds amazing, probably one of the best singing performances I've heard this year, bottom line, and I want you to hear me on this. Okay. It reminds me of Love Story by Taylor Swift. Oh boy. Please don't let my wife hear you say that. <laughs> Maybe get a sound clip, put it up next to it. It sounds like it. I I just I hear a similarity in the melody there. But Okay, give me just a second. You said the singing part? There is yeah, her clean bridge the, the bridge, her singing part, and Taylor Swift love story, I feel like something there is in the same key. So just to pull back the curtains for a second for the listener, I'm actually listening to this. So it sounds familiar. I'm not sure if it's love story necessarily, but the melody is definitely familiar, and so are the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Taylor Swift. But I will hand okay. it to you that it sounds familiar. All right. It's from someone. Oh, I know I know who it is. Uh, come Bless on, come on, fall. dude. I need you. It sounds like Bless the Fall on Hollow Bodies, I believe. Is it The Lights? Yes. Open Water. Feature? Yeah. Yeah, go listen to Open Water by Bless the Fall. We're going back to 2013 on this one. <laughs> I love that album. We found it. Thankfully, I made that connection like right now. Good and job. Didn't wow. have to rack my brain. I'm uh, impressed. Someone out there, like that's their number one song of all time. They're, you're, they're yeah. screaming, fuck you at the top of their <laughs> voice. 
and saying how stupid I am. It's okay. Considering Bless the Fall just did a Hollow Bodies tour that I went to, and it was a pretty decent show. But anyway, so yeah, I think this song was a good showcase for what the new vocalist can do. She's clearly talented. I like her vocals more than Booka's. I still want to hear what she sounds like on their older stuff, but it is promising that yeah. you know they are still releasing stuff. They've not given up. And I want to hear what she sounds on, like maybe more of the songs that they had on How to mm-hmm. Survive a Funeral, just maybe like so, some of the softer stuff. So I agree with that. Fingers yeah. crossed that maybe an album in 2024, but we have an episode coming out in a couple of weeks that uh, will be about music predictions. Anticipations. A lot of anticipations. Because we did an episode, me and Jay did, I think it was two years ago maybe, of top five anticipated albums for the year, where that was a really fun episode. Did a lot of the anticipated albums come to fruition? They did not, but that's okay, the fun well, of it. <laughs> well, hopefully ours will be, will be, uh, will be better. I could go on about that song, but I'm pretty sure everyone listening has already heard it and knows what I'm talking about. As we move on to your number six and our last song for this episode, Derek. So my number six top 10 song of 2023 is Imminent by Alt. So I'm not sure if you remember when we talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but I've been trying to remember what this song reminds me of for the last nine months, and I'm not exaggerating for a second. I still can't recall what this song reminds me of. All I can think of is that it reminds (laughs) me of a metal song from a video game I played as a kid. And when I tell you that I went to the soundtracks of the games that I played when I was a kid and I could not find it. That's how much I looked into this. If anybody knows, please help us out. Yeah, because I would love to know. Yeah, we need to figure this out. But what I find fascinating about this band is their ability to create lyrics that tell a story without being based on personal experiences. Okay, that's something I didn't pay attention to. Just to be brutally honest, like I can't relate to most lyrics. And I feel like that's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah, I could be overly emotional, so I can relate to a lot of things, but I'm very empathetic. I'm not saying you're not. I'm not saying <laughs> <Yeah>. you're apathetic. <laughs> I'm not saying you're... Uh, a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> but their lyrics create a world for like the four or five minutes that you're listening to their songs, and I really like that. As well as the music. The music is very... It, it's super thick. There's a beefy sound that they really push through that i don't really feel like not like it it could sound like any other metalcore band but it just honestly doesn't and i think that's the thing that makes your top 10 and my top 10 like why we like them so much because without the proper execution they're just like any other song like these bands had to nail everything they did in these songs to end up where they are 
Well, this song specifically, the more I listened to it over the nine months, because it stayed in my rotation, is there are so many layers to this. And I'm sorry, I don't know the vocalist's name, but as a straight as a straight white man, the vocalist is very attractive and has good style, delivers Blake uh, is still different on the, expectations. The, uh, music video, the way he looked. <laughs> I just can't get off of it. The dude Blake is, wants to look like a minimalist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a black shirt black and shirt black jeans. Tucked in some black jeans. <laughs> I mean, the dude... I, so, what I'm, what, essentially what I'm saying is that he doesn't have the stereotype of... If you listen to the song without knowing what the band members look like, especially especially the lead vocalist, you would not expect this clean cut guy looking right. like maybe he's ready to sell you jewelry or a car. I was I completely know. surprised the first time I saw him. Yeah, I was expecting like long hair and like a long beard because they're yeah. from Sweden. And you know what? Maybe I'm attracted to Swedish men. <laughs> That's it. How as a sweet straight of you. white man. <laughs> I was <laughs> we needed one of those. <laughs> but I'm sure our listeners notice in the thirty second clip that this song is mixed well yeah. and everything instrumentally and vocal vocally is just excellent. Absolutely. And this song is one of the songs that stuck with me for the whole year. The only reason I did not put it on my top ten is because just like last year with another song, I knew it was gonna be on your worst. And the only reason I didn't rank this higher is because I was really hoping for an album from them this year. We got a single. Yeah. And they did release a song called The Orphan Breed just a few weeks ago, which had a different sound than I expected from them. And mm-hmm. that may have replaced this song if I had more time with it. Absolutely. But you definitely, for this band especially, you need a little bit more time because like like I said, those layers are there and you have to kind of peel that banana Onion. Yeah, and if this band is new to anyone listening, please go check them out. They are absolutely their name's Alt A L L T, and they have an amazing EP. It's called "The Seed of Self Destruction," and then they also have other songs. Let's see, let me look this up so I can give specific recommendations because they are on the newer side of being a band. And there is another band with the similar name, Alt. I think it is spelled... A-L-T period. Period, yeah. So different alts. Don't go to the other alt we don't care about. (laughs) Hey, I I don't even know. I've never even listened to them. I don't know. I'm just being... um, So Alt also has a live in studio, which they sound just as good live. Holy shit. I I never... uh, Yeah. I I didn't hear that. I gotta check that out. All all their stuff is really good. They they take their time, which is my frustration because I want more. But I know mm-hmm. that taking time is necessary to make this. Well, well, you see, this is where my conversation a couple of minutes ago comes from. Where there's bands that deliver those singles that you know are gonna sound great, and mm-hmm. they give you that one song, you know, kind of spread out, but you listen to it for a long time and you learn to appreciate it and really just dig into it more and more. So there's bands doing that. And, and sometimes that's better. One, one good song that will last you a year is better than an album that just doesn't deliver. And I won't lie. When this song first came out, I listened to it probably 50 times in the first week. 
and I mm-hmm. legitimately thought it was going to be my number one of the year. There was just I some other so songs too. that came out that I don't know. I listened to more. So this doesn't exactly have the most replay value. In okay. my opinion, I think some of their other songs have a little bit more replay value, but like I said, you can't go wrong with any it, of their stuff. Yeah, it's not a skip it's not a skipper. That was our ten through six of our top ten of the year. We will be Thanks for listening. Releasing another episode next week. We're not giving you everything at once. You'll have to be patient. That's right. All right. Well, do you have anything for our loyal listeners? Loyal listeners, new listeners. All the above, A, B, C, and D. Check out these songs. Check out our recommendations. If you haven't heard of any of these bands or heard of these, heard of any of these songs, check them out. We hope you like it. That's the point of this. We want to share good music, and no matter what genre, and just let us know what you think. Comment below. We're gonna have a Q and A in the uh, Spotify app. Yeah, let us know below. Just. Swipe up your phone a little bit. There's going to be a Q&A, maybe a poll, and we'd love to interact with you. And you also are welcome to join our Discord community. It's really fun in there. We have a weekly playlist. I like to think it's a little bit competitive. It can get competitive. There's a lot of uh, songs that people deliver, and there's a lot of songs that people <laughs> don't. But... But that's our, the fun our, of it. Our Discord is growing, and that's the fun part. Yeah, Discord's growing, and we'd like more people to join. If you don't know what Discord is, just do what I did. Just do what I did when I first heard this show. I didn't know what a Discord was. I hopped in on Discord, became best friends with Derek, and now I'm on the show. Yeah, so what he's saying is if you join Discord, you'll become a co-host. That's it. You might even end up on one of the episodes that are coming up this year, next year. So, But more on that at a later time. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Go down to uh, the descriptions. We'll have links to the songs and everything like that. And check us out next week when we come back with songs five through one. Cannot wait to get to those last five songs to wrap it up. That's been the end of this week. My name's Derek. And I've been Blake. And you'll hear us next Tuesday. Later.